everyone, welcome to the next episode of Words About Biology and what will be the final episode of 2018. For this episode, I've decided to be a little bit selfish. Um, I had a paper come out last week, so I'm going to be talking about that today. This paper was published in Scientific Reports, which is a division of nature, and it's titled Propionate Affects Insulin Signaling and Progesterone Profiles in Dairy Heifers, and this is a part of the work that I did at Virginia Tech last year. The idea behind this work was to look at how changes in absorbed nutrients, or in this case propionate, affect the reproductive performance of dairy heifers. So when we're talking about cows, we have to consider the rumen. And I think I've mentioned this before, but it is a big fermentation vat full of microbiota. So linking back to the gut microbiome, which we just talked about last, last time. Cattle and ruminants in general um, depend hugely on this for the digestion of their foods. And this is why they're able to handle more fibrous foods. Um, they utilize the large bacterial population in their rumen to help them digest this. And as such, it is the metabolites, or what these microbes break down the feed into, which they absorb and use for their energy. Now, propionate is a short-chain fatty acid, and it's one of the three main short-chain fatty acids that are produced in the rumen, the other two being butyrate and acetate. Once these short-chain fatty acids are produced in the rumen, they are absorbed into the circulation where they play a role in the regulation of both fatty acid and glucose metabolism. These are two metabolic processes that are vital to the energy status of the animal and can also have downstream physiological effects. Propionate specifically is the main precursor for gluconeogenesis, so this is the production of glucose in the liver, so it has an even more significant effect on the energy of these cows. One of the trends in the past 60 years in the dairy industry has been selection and breeding for increased milk yield, and this is something that they have done successfully, however, as a consequence, we're seeing decreased fertility in these animals. So they make more milk, but they don't get pregnant as well or stay pregnant as well. And if a dairy cow isn't getting pregnant, she isn't making milk. Now, we chose propionate to look at because of its potential effects on energy, homeostasis, and the downstream effects associated with that. These include potential changes in insulin sensitivity and an effect on the hypothalamus-pituitary-gonadal axis. These are also measures that we looked specifically at. As you may know, insulin is related to glucose production, so by giving an increased amount of propionate, we could see increased glucose production and therefore changes in insulin production. Now, insulin has also been shown to influence downstream hormone signaling, including progesterone production. And as you know, progesterone is one of the reproductive hormones. Progesterone is responsible for regulating a number of physiological processes related to reproduction, including ovulation, implantation, and pregnancy. And in dairy cattle, increased plasma progesterone levels have been associated with improved conception rates, improved maintenance of pregnancy, and improved postpartum return to cyclicity. So in summary, we wanted to look at the effect of increased absorbed propionate on the insulin status 
and progesterone created in these animals. Now I'm going to get into how we did this. For this study, we used 12 Holstein heifers about 10 months of age that we paired and split into two different treatment groups, with one group receiving propionate supplementation and the other receiving a saline control. In order for an animal to be used in this study, we had to verify that they were in fact cycling, so they had gone through puberty, because we were looking at the progesterone response, and a pre-pubertal heifer would not have um, irrelevant response to what we were looking for. In order to make sure that all of our animals were at the same stage of their estrus cycle, we used an off-sync plus cedar protocol. So what this means is that we gave timed injections of hormones to induce their ovulation so that they all ovulated on the same day. The day after ovulation is when we began our treatment. Now I know I told you that one group was getting propionate and one was getting saline and these treatments were delivered through a jugular catheter. So before the experiment started each animal was fitted with two catheters into their jugular vein so in through their neck one to be used as an infusion catheter, so this is where we supplied the steady drip of the propionate or the saline, and then a second to be used as a sampling catheter, so where we would pull blood samples out of. So following the placement of the catheters and the beginning of the infusions, the animals were kept on their respective infusion for five days, after which we performed a hyperglycemic clamp, which I'll explain in a moment, and then for the following seven days, we took daily blood samples in order to analyze the progesterone slopes. So a hyperglycemic clamp is a procedure that you would use in order to measure insulin response. This clamp works by providing the animal with a steady infusion of glucose until their circulating glucose levels reach double the normal levels. Once it reaches this point, you take a series of consecutive blood samples, um, we did approximately five minutes apart, to measure how much insulin they are producing to deal with the glucose that you are giving them. Along with this hyperglycemic clamp, we also looked at daily blood glucose and daily blood beta-hydroxybutyrate through the trial. Now, beta-hydroxybutyrate is just the blood form of butyrate, which, as I mentioned near the beginning of, of this episode, is one of the other main short-chain fatty acids produced in the rumen. And we looked at this because we wanted to see if by infusing propionate we had an effect on another short-chain fatty acid. We also looked at plasma cholesterol, free fatty acids, and triglycerides, and this was related to the lipid metabolism that has been shown to be affected by short-chain fatty acids. We also just did a total analysis of the short-chain fatty acids in the plasma over the period of the experiment. Now I'm going to take some time to go through some of the results, or specifically some of the significant results. Looking at the whole blood plasma short-chain fatty acids through the experiment, as expected, we saw the rise in the propionate levels of the animals that were given the propionate, and this happened fairly quickly. So. Over the first 24 hours, we saw a rise in the plasma propionate concentrations. And then unexpectedly, they kind of returned to normal. 
So by about day three, we saw that these animals had compensated for the increased propionate we were giving them and were maintaining their plasma levels of propionate to a similar level as the control animals. We saw no differences in the other two main plasma short-chain fatty acids, so butyrate or acetate, implying that this increase in propionate and then accompanied shift towards maintaining basal levels of propionate even though they're receiving additional propionate did not have an effect on butyrate or acetate. Although propionate is one of the main precursors in gluconeogenesis, we didn't see any changes in plasma glucose concentrations through the experiment. So while they were doing something with this extra propionate we were giving them, it wasn't making glucose. Or they were also able to compensate for the increased glucose concentrations produced. Therefore, to us, it looked like they weren't making any extra when measured on a daily basis. Considering the plasma progesterone levels, after ovulation, it is normal to see a rise in circulating progesterone. So we did see this in both our propionate and control animals. The differences were that the propionate animals reached a higher level of plasma progesterone. And this happened around the six-day mark. So even after we stopped giving them propionate, there was a carry-through effect so that we saw increased progesterone concentrations in these animals through the 12-day mark. When looking at results from the hyperglycemic clamp, we didn't see any differences in the initial circulating insulin, glucagon, or glucose levels in these animals, nor did we see a difference in plateau glucagon or glucose, meaning the glucagon and glucose levels when they had reached the doubled glucose levels as imposed by the clamp. Where we did see differences were in the plateau insulin concentrations and the insulin sensitivity index. We saw that control animals had significantly higher plateau insulin concentrations compared to propionate animals, so they had a bigger insulin response. And then as far as the insulin sensitivity index, this is calculated by dividing the steady state glucose infusion rate, so how much glucose you're giving these animals, and dividing that by the change in insulin concentration from the beginning of the clamp to the end of the clamp, multiplied by the steady state glucose concentration. So it is essentially a measure of how sensitive the animals are to the insulin that they are producing. Finally, we saw some changes in the plasmid lipid profiles. Specifically, we saw a trend for increased plasma cholesterol in control animals compared to propionate animals, and a significant increase in plasma triglyceride concentrations in control animals compared to propionate animals. So what do these results all mean, and how can we use this information to improve our feed formulations for dairy cattle? So as I said before, we saw an increase in these propionate levels, but then the animals self-regulated to have their levels be back to normal. So they were doing something with this extra propionate, but we're not 100% sure where it's going. But it does suggest some sort of metabolic shift. And this use of the excess or extra propionate gives merit to the hypothesis that increased propionate status can affect downstream processes. 
Now we saw no differences in the plasma acetate or the beta-hydroxybutyrate levels, which indicates that the utilization of these short-chain fatty acid metabolites is regulated independent of propionate. Now we didn't see any overall changes in the plasma glucose levels, which is kind of not what we were expecting given that propionate is the main precursor for gluconeogenesis in cattle. We did see um, a couple changes on day 6 and day 7, and these could indicate a metabolic shift following the cessation of the propionate infusion. Considering the hyperglycemic clamp results, propionate animals showed a tendency for increased insulin sensitivity. And this was demonstrated by the animals maintaining reduced plasma insulin concentrations when glucose was infused. The glucagon response did not differ between groups, suggesting that the observed change in insulin response was not related to glucagon functionality. In other words, while propionate animals required less insulin to manage their doubled circulating glucose levels, there was no corresponding shift in the responsiveness of glucagon. This result suggests that propionate does not modulate glucagon to the same degree as it does insulin. Now, there is previous work that has shown single IV injections of propionate have caused a release of glucagon into circulation. However, in these studies, a prolonged propionate infusion was not observed. So it's possible that our heifers initially had glucagon peak, but this kind of evened out over the days of the infusion. So thinking back about the short-chain fatty acids and lipid metabolism, as I said, we looked at circulating cholesterol, free fatty acid, and triglycerides. So we observed a decrease in circulating triglycerides and cholesterol in propionate animals. Now other studies have positively correlated plasma cholesterol concentrations with plasma progesterone concentrations in lactating dairy cattle, and this is the opposite of what we observed here. Now this just further suggests an effect of propionate. This is supported by other studies that have shown that short-chain fatty acids reduce plasma cholesterol concentrations in both rodents and humans. Additionally, propionate has been shown to lower the cholesterol synthesis enzyme activities. Cholesterol acts as a substrate for the production of progesterone, so it's possible that the decrease in cholesterol that we observed in propionate animals is related to the increased progesterone profile we also observed. Either of these things could explain the cholesterol decrease that we saw in our propionate animals. In general, short-chain fatty acids have been shown to decrease lipolysis in adipose tissue, which could explain the reduced plasma triglycerides in propionate animals observed here. The final result for discussion is the increased plasma progesterone concentrations seen post-ovulation in the propionate cows. To the best of our knowledge, increased propionate status has not previously been linked with increased progesterone levels in dairy heifers. Previous studies have linked circulating progesterone levels with nutritional status, that being that animals that are fed better or have a higher energy available to them have increased progesterone levels. And this is something that we could have mimicked with the infusion of the propionate. There is also a potential link between circulating progesterone and the improved insulin sensitivity observed in propionate animals. Because the increased progesterone levels were observed on the days beyond the cessation of the propionate infusion, it's likely that this response is due to increased 
progesterone production and released from the corpus luteum. Now the corpus luteum is a structure that remains in the ovary after ovulation and it is what makes the progesterone that is responsible for maintaining pregnancy. Improved response to insulin has been shown to positively affect the modulation of luteal progesterone synthesis. An additional contributor to this increased progesterone could be reduced liver progesterone catabolism, so decreased breakdown of progesterone in the liver, which has been previously observed with improved insulin sensitivity. Now, I know most of this has been pretty technical, so I'm gonna take a moment here to try and break it down and, and put it in hopefully an easier to understand kind of summary. So we were looking at propionate and how it affected reproductive status and insulin sensitivity. So if you think of cows having three sources of energy, propionate is one of them. So we were interested in how increasing one of these sources of energy affects them. And specifically, we were looking at insulin because of how insulin can also affect glucose utilization and energy metabolism. And then we wanted to link this with reproductive performance because of the existing knowledge or the existing links between energy status in, in dairy cows and how they perform reproductively. And this was all to try and solve the issue of us breeding for higher milk yield and as a consequence getting poor reproductive performance out of our animals. So what we saw was that by giving this propionate or this additional energy source, there is a shift in how they're using it. So there's a shift in what they're doing, but we're not 100% sure what that is. But we did see effects on insulin sensitivity, so how they're managing their glucose, circulating fatty acid profiles, so how they're managing their fats, and then also circulating progesterone levels, which could be used as an indicator for reproductive success, or certainly an indicator of improved reproductive performance or potential improved reproductive performance. Now, as I said, we did this study using jugular catheters, so we were putting the propionate directly into their circulation. So this is kind of a step removed, or a couple steps removed from practical application. Working backwards, one of the things we would want to do is formulate diets that would trend towards producing more propionate. So feeding the bacteria in the rumen that like to make propionate, or feeding them substrates or um, ingredients that have structures that lend themselves towards producing propionate. And this would result in increased propionate absorbed into circulation for utilization by the animal. Another strategy to take advantage of the effects of this increased propionate could be giving strategically timed propionate injections or boluses. So perhaps around ovulation or around when implantation would be or, or when you want to have an increased progesterone response, when that would be beneficial, give your animals an injection of propionate. Um, additionally, it's possible that the development of a probiotic could be beneficial. So instead of feeding the bacteria, actually supplement the bacteria with, with other live organisms so that you have more propionate-producing bacteria in there. Ultimately, 
for most practical applications of this study, uh, a deeper understanding of the mechanisms modulating post-absorptive propionate supply is required. So that's where I'm going to leave this episode off. Um, like I said earlier, this is going to be my last episode before the holidays. So um, I hope you guys have a great holiday and I'll see you in 2019 with some new content. So just briefly, I know at the end of last episode I mentioned the um, news article that came out about the CRISPR-edited twin girls that were born in China. And I'm not sure how many of you looked into that or have been keeping up with that, but there have been some interesting developments in that story, including him doing this work behind the back of his bosses at the university, and now he's apparently missing and, and hasn't been seen. So uh, maybe some some drama there if you want to look into that. Um, it's up to you. I'm, I'm not going to be talking any more about it unless there are some more interesting revelations or publications on that front. Um, with that, I'm going to sign off. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. Have a great time with your family. Um, Happy New Year, and I will see you all, talk to you all later. <laughs>